Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to share thoughts on memoirs of an LDS therapist. I've been mentored now by Maurice for a decade, and I love that I get to hop on and teach the marriage repair classes. We'd love to have you there. My women's marriage repair class happens Tuesday at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and men's marriage repair is Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can sign up for those by going to lifechangingservices.org under therapy services and click on marriage repair workshop. Can't wait to see you in class. Cognitive intimacy isn't going to be without its hiccups, but when we enter into cognitive intimacy, we're, we're understanding because the opposite of intimacy is what guys, what's the opposite of intimacy conflict, right? We're just, we're entering into that conflict. So we can take all these intimacies like verbal conflict, emotional conflict, cognitive conflict is when we're, when we're still going in with those four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse, defensiveness, criticism, contempt. So really, if we want to get to the cognitive intimacy, we're going to be aware and say, okay, I'm fully aware that I'm listening to their perspective right now. This reflected a lot. I, I, I was sharing this later yesterday with the, when, when women's marriage repair, I had gone into school at BYU-Idaho with the impression that teachers were the bosses. They were the dictators. That's my experience all through high school, all through before my mission, even through my before my mission, when I went to Rick's college, it was like, here's the syllabus. You better get it done. And you better hear my lectures. And that's how it is guys. It's my perspective or nothing. Right. And eventually when I got home from my mission, I was entering in, I wanted to be a Spanish teacher and football coach. Um, and so, cause I just learned Spanish on my mission and I had this teacher named brother Stevens and mind you, I had this perspective of how teachers were before all this happened, but he called me in his office and I, anytime I've ever been called into an office, it was because I was in trouble, right? I don't know about you guys, but whenever I was taught, called into a teacher's office or principal's office, it was because I was in trouble and I was getting in school suspension or you know, getting railed for something. It was hardly ever for this person of authority to collaborate. And so I go into this brother Stephen's office. He was a really cool guy. I was impressed by him, but I was never, I I didn't think it was, it was weird that I was going to his office, but I think he actually was doing this with all his students. He's like, Cody, tell me what your dreams and aspirations are. And I, I was like, what? Oh, what? Wait, I thought I was here in trouble or something, but like, cause I wasn't doing very good in class. He, and so he was like, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to coach football. And I want to teach Spanish. It's like, that's cool. Like, tell me some of the projects that you would like to do in this class. Cause he hadn't presented the syllabus and it was probably a weekend. Tell me some of the projects that you'd like to do in this class to really prepare for that. Cool. Well, I want to play football. I mean, I want to be a football coach and I want to, I want to teach Spanish. I know the area that I want to teach in has a, has a prominent uh, Hispanic population. I love, I love the Hispanic culture. Like I, I, I kind of like to maybe even philosophize how to teach or coach in Spanish football. And I also like to philosophize on how to help those that are, you know, maybe only Spanish speakers in the area that I want to teach in. He's like, yeah. So what I want you to do, Cody, is I want you to come up with two or three different assignments that you want to do throughout the, throughout the semester and yeah, I'm still going to grade. I'm still going to be kind of the authority figure in your class, but I'd like you to I'd like you to go through with that. He was actually really cool about not saying, he's like, guys, he's telling me, Cody, I'm not kind of like the syllabus type. 
like I really want each student to have their own project to make sure that they can they can go and take their education where they want it to go. It's like, frick yeah, dude, Brother Stevens, you're the man. And so that excited me. And I actually pushed for it throughout the rest of my um, in, in leadership and different things that I was doing at BYU at home. It was awesome. I felt like he was respecting my perspective and he was like really seeing that I was respecting his point of view. It was really cool. And so that, that was an example of a really cool cognitive intimacy. So I want you guys to reach into your brain bank of experiences and memories and whether it be with a coworker or it could be an experience with your wife or maybe it was on a mission or it could be um, maybe you're entering in a, into a passion project with somebody and just think about how you guys both cognitively were respecting each other's ideas, perceptions, paradigms up until that point. Just take a minute and think about that. Similar to what I experienced with Brother Stevens. Just take a minute and think about that. Yeah. Combined and that synergy helped you create something that was so awesome. Good. I think that's what this does with cognitive intimacy. Guys, it, it really, if we can get to that state, which is somewhat of a hard state, and we'll go over some of, some of the reasons why it's hard to get to. But if we can get to the, the state of cognitive intimacy and knowing that both people have different destinations in different areas, whether it be parenting, a recovery, spirituality, politics, where to go on vacation, what to do for family home evening or come follow me or whatever it is, right? If we can achieve getting to that calm and collected state in understanding that if I hear this person, it will calm and take off the pressure. I don't have to be always heard. And if I'm not heard, or my perception isn't heard, I do have a heavenly father that can hear me really well. So if if I'm not getting it from this person, I do know that I have someone that understands me fully. And so there's always that fallback for those. In, and I, I very much empathize with those that maybe not feel that yet, because uh, it is sometimes hard feeling that connection with God sometimes, but he's perfect. In my point of view, in my testimony, He's perfect at being able to hear our perspective and meet us where we're at because he knows how hard it is to go through that, this human existence and the different, different things that we run into as, as people and humans. If you enjoyed that segment and you'd like to learn more, you can join my marriage repair class for women on Tuesdays at 1 or men and Wednesdays at 9 p.m. We'd love to have you. Bye.